So this again will be a general lecture, remind ourselves of some of the texts of the Qur'an and the Sunnah until insha'Allah we begin into the new book soon. So today we'll discuss some affairs that are linked to Iman. Iman, as everybody is aware from the famous hadith of Jibreel salam. That on that one occasion, when the Prophet ﷺ was sitting with his companions and a man walked in with extremely white clothes and extremely black hair, and nobody knew who he was. And he came and sat in front of the Prophet ﷺ and said to him, Akhbirni anil Islam, tell me about Islam. So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the five pillars of Islam. Then after that, he asked another question. And he said, Akhbirni anil Iman. Tell me about Iman. And that's when the Prophet ﷺ then mentioned the six pillars of Iman to the angel Jibreel ﷺ. Where he said, Al-Imanu an tu'mina billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wa liyumil akhir. Wa an tu'mina bilqadari khayrihi wa sharrihi. That Iman, it is to have Iman in Allah. That is the head of Iman. That is the core of Iman. Then after that, the Iman in the angels of Allah and the prophets of Allah and the books of Allah and the day of judgment and the decree. And this Iman, it has specific explanations to it with regards to the definitions of Iman. We all talk about Iman and we hear about Iman and Iman in the hearts of the people, Iman increasing and decreasing. But there are specific things that Ahl Sunnah have mentioned regarding Iman. Firstly, with regards to the definition of Iman, it is known from the Salaf that they would explain Iman upon a four-category explanation. Many of the Salaf would explain Iman upon a four-category explanation. So they would say that Iman is statement of the heart. It is the statement of the heart and the statement of the tongue. And it is actions of the heart and actions of the limbs. Four parts, statement of the heart and statement of the tongue, actions of the heart and actions of the limbs. Four parts, and this is what is known often from the Salaf 
When you read into their books, this is how they explain Iman. What do these four categories mean? Firstly, the statement of the heart. The statement of the heart is your firm, definitive, certain belief in Allah and His messengers and in all of that which Allah revealed to us. To have that firm, definitive, certain belief in your heart without any doubt, that is the statement of your heart. That is, as Allah mentioned in the Quran, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَرْتَابُوا That indeed the believers are those who believe in Allah and His Messenger, then they do not have any doubts. Then they do not waver. So the statement of the heart is your firm and definitive and certain belief in your heart. The statement of the tongue, that is clear. What is the statement of the tongue? What is the statement that a Muslim, a believer makes with his tongue? The statement of Shahada, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. This is the statement of the tongue. So that's what they meant by the statement of the heart and the statement of the tongue. Then they say the action of the heart and the action of the limbs. What is the actions of the heart? Actions of the heart meaning that there are certain types of worship that are done in the heart. There are certain types of obedience and worship to Allah which are done in the heart. Like trust, having trust in Allah is something in your heart. The essence and the origin of that is in your heart. Love, fear, hope, the origin of these affairs is in your heart. So these types of worship, love, fear, hope, trust, dependence, they are all affairs that emanate from the heart. That is the action of the heart, to do those acts of worship. The actions of the limbs, the fourth part, that is obvious. The actions of the limbs are all of the different worships. When you pray, you pray physically with your limbs, bowing, prostration, standing. All of that is action with the limbs. So the physical acts of worship that you do, they are actions with your limbs. So there you see why the Salaf, they explain Iman in those four categories. Statement of the heart and statement of the tongue, actions of the heart and actions of the limbs. Statement of the heart is your firm belief in Allah and the messengers and all of the revelation. Statement of the tongue is the shahada. Actions of the heart is your types of worship that you do with your heart. Love, fear, hope, etc. Actions of the limbs, the physical worships that you do and obedience you do with your body, the praying, for example, moving up and down and rukua, sujood, standing. So many of the salaf, if you look into their books, you will find that they explain iman in that way. There is another way to explain iman, and it's exactly the same details, but just explained in a different way exactly the same details but just explained in a different way so there is another way to explain it and it is the popular way 
that many of the modern day scholars, they often use. That is not to say that the Salaf didn't use it. There were some from the early scholars and from the Salaf who used this definition that we're about to mention. And it has become popular amongst the people now as easy to remember. And that is that Iman is a three category thing. And that is Iman, which is belief in the heart, statements of the tongue, and actions of the limbs. Belief in the heart, statements of the tongue, actions of the limbs. And that is exactly the same as the four category definition. It revolves around the exact same point. There is nothing different between them. Just a different way to explain the same thing. And this has become popular now, this definition. If you look into the works of the scholars, you will find that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah even gave a definition with five categories. If you look into al-Wasatiyyah, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah even gave a definition of Iman with five categories. And again, those five categories are revolving around the one and same exact thing. The five category definition is no different to the three category definition. The three category definition is no different to the four category definition. They are all exactly the same, just different ways to explain the same thing. So now what has become popular and known amongst the scholars and the people is the definition that Iman is belief in the heart, statements of the tongue and actions of the limbs. So that is the definition of Iman. Then we wish to discuss in brief, in this short reminder, some of the principles of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah with regards to Iman. Some of the principles of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah with regards to Iman. And in this brief reminder, we'll mention three main principles. Three main principles of Ahlul Sunnah when it comes to the topic of Iman. The first of those principles is that, as we have seen from the definition, Iman is statements and, and what? Statements and actions. So this is a principle of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah with regards to Iman. That Iman is statements and actions. Your actions are a part of your Iman. This is the first principle that we'll briefly discuss because there are those from the people of innovation, those who went astray and became misguided with regards to these things, that they began to say that actions are not a part of your Iman. They began to exclude actions from Iman. Whereas the principle of Ahl Sunnah is that indeed actions are a part of your Iman. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala said وَعَلَى ذَلِكَ مَا يُقَارِبُ مِئَةَ دَلِيلٍ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ Ibn al-Qayyim in Zad al-Ma'ad Provisions of the Hereafter, his famous book He mentioned in that that there are approximately a hundred different evidences that prove actions are from your iman not just a few evidences, a few hadith, a few narrations. Approximately a hundred different evidences proving 
that actions are a part of your iman. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah mentioned that. And many of the scholars, many of the scholars like al-Imam al-Bukhari, like Abu Hatim, like uh, Ibn Abi Hatim, like al-Awza'i, like al-Tabari, Ibn Abdul Bar, Ibn Taymiyyah, many of the scholars, they narrated that there is a consensus upon this affair. Amongst the scholars, Al-Sunnah, there is a consensus that indeed actions are from Iman. Al-Imam al-Bukhari said, لَقِيتُ أَكْثَرَ مِنْ أَلْفِ رَجُلٍ مِنَ الْعُلَمَاء فِي الْأَمْصَارِ فَمَا وَجَدْتُ أَنَّ أَحَدًا اِخْتَلَفَ فِي أَنَّ الْإِيمَانَ قَوْلٌ وَحَمَلٌ Imam al-Bukhari says that I met over a thousand men from the scholars in the various lands. Imam al-Bukhari says, I met over a thousand men from the scholars from the various lands, not just in his country, from the various countries and lands. And I did not find a single one of them differing upon the fact that Iman is statements and actions. He says, I met over a thousand of the scholars in the different countries and they were all agreed upon the fact that Iman is statements and actions. In another narration of that same story from Imam al-Bukhari, he actually adds at the end of it, and I did not see any of them differing over the fact that Iman is statements and actions, and that it increases and decreases. What are the evidences from the Qur'an and the Sunnah, therefore, that prove your actions are a part of your Iman? And this is important. Because the people of deviation, the people of innovation, the people of misguidance come and tell you that Iman has got nothing to do with your actions, it's got nothing to do with your worship or your obedience to Allah. Iman is a separate thing. But we need to understand as Ahlul Sunnah, actually your Iman, it is linked to your actions. Your actions are a part of your Iman. So here we see the evidences now from the Quran and the Sunnah that actions, your physical worship, it is a part of your Iman. One such evidence is the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 143. وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِيعَهُ What? وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِيعَهُ Anyone remember? وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِيعَ إِيمَانَكُمْ Ayah number 143 when Allah says, And Allah would not put to waste your iman. Allah would not uh, neglect your iman. The question is, what does iman mean in this ayah? What does it mean that Allah will not neglect your iman, Allah will not put your iman to waste? Which iman? 
What does this ayah mean? What's the tafsir of the iman that is being spoken about when Allah says you will not forget your iman? Which ones? There's a specific tafsir that the scholars they mention, and that is the salah. Because initially, where did the Muslims used to pray towards? Towards the direction of Jerusalem. And then the revelation came down in the Quran. Allah told the Muslims to change the direction they face in the prayer from Jerusalem towards Mecca. So when that happened, the companions, they asked the Prophet ﷺ, what about our other companions who died before this revelation came down? So they obviously had never prayed towards Mecca. They never prayed towards the Kaaba. They had always been praying towards the other direction. They'd already died before the revelation came down telling them to change the direction. So they asked the Prophet what about them and their prayers? All of their prayers were in the old direction. They never got a chance to pray to the new direction. So what about their prayers? What about their prayers? Then the ayah was revealed that Allah would not put their iman to be forgotten or to be neglected. So what is the iman that is being spoken about? Their prayers that they used to pray in the other direction. Praying, is it a physical action of worship or not? Clearly it is. Standing up, bowing, prostrating. All of that is a physical act of worship. And Allah has named that physical act of worship in the Quran itself as iman. Allah would not neglect your iman, i.e. your prayers. So this indicates to us that the physical actions like the prayer are a part of your iman. Because Allah named the prayer as iman in the Quran itself. And that is one evidence. From the sunnah, there are evidences from the sunnah, which also indicate that actions are a part of your iman, your worship, your obedience. From those narrations is the hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu that the Prophet said Al-Imanu bid'un wa sab'una aw bid'un wa sittuna shu'bah that Iman is 70 odd or 60 odd levels فَأَفْضَلُهَا So the best of them, the highest of them is the statement لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَدْنَاهَا And the lowest of those levels of Iman is إِمَاطَةُ الْأَذَى عَنِ الطَّرِيقِ Removing some harm from the roadway. Removing some harm from the pathway. وَالْحَيَاءُ شُعْبَةٌ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ And Shyness, bashfulness is a branch of Iman. How is this hadith a proof that physical actions are a part of your Iman? Because it mentions there that the lowest level of Iman is to remove some harm from the roadway. If you see some thorns, you see some rock, you see something else dangerous in the roadway and you move it out of the way, how are you going to move it out of the way physically? Use your hands, use your legs, you're going to physically move that out of the way. It's a physical act. 
And here the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned that physical act as one of the levels of Iman. Again, therefore indicating that physical acts, your actions are a part of Iman. Also there's a hadith, At-Tahuru Shatrul Iman. Purification is half of your Iman. Purification from shirk, but also purification physically. Ghusl and wudu. When you make wudu and you do ghusl, they are physical acts. Physical acts, so they are actions and they are termed as half of your iman. So again, they are directly indicated to be a part of your iman. In another hadith, Akmalul Mu'minina Imanan Ahsanuhum Khuluqa, that the most best on the perfect of the believers in their iman is the best of them in their manners. Your physical manners, your behavior, what you do, those actions of yours are termed as being part of your iman. So there are many evidences proving that your actions, they are a part of your Iman. And this is the correct position as Ahl Sunnah have explained with the evidences. As for the people of innovation who say that your actions are not from your Iman, then they are deviated. The second pillar, the second principle of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah with regards to Iman is that Iman increases and decreases sometimes your iman is strong and high and sometimes your iman is weak and low so iman it increases and it decreases once again there are many evidences in the quran and the sunnah and the narrations of the salaf that prove indeed iman increases and decreases one of those evidences from the Qur'an, and there are in fact six ayat in the Qur'an, there are six ayat in the Qur'an that indicate Iman decreases. Six ayat in the Qur'an that indicate that Iman decreases. One of those is, sorry, six ayat in the Qur'an that indicate Iman increases. Six ayat in the Qur'an that indicate that Iman increases, not decreases increases one of those examples is surah al-anfal ayah number two surah al-anfal ayah number two وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِمَانًا Allah says if or when the verses of Allah are recited upon them, then it increases them in Iman. The actual word is used, Imana. When the ayat of Allah are recited upon them, it increases them in Iman. Clear, explicit ayah in the Quran telling us that your Iman increases. And like that, there are several ayat in the Quran that show how Iman increases. Six ayat. Clearly like that mentioning that Iman increases. So this is one example. When the ayat of Allah are recited upon them, their Iman increases. There are also narrations from the Sunnah that prove Iman increases. One of those is the hadith of the Prophet مَنْ أَحَبَّ لِلَّهِ وَأَبْغَضَ لِلَّهِ وَأَعْطَى لِلَّهِ وَمَنَعَ لِلَّهِ فَقَدِ اسْتَكْمَلَ الْإِيمَانِ That whomsoever loves for the sake of Allah, 
and hates for the sake of Allah and gives for the sake of Allah and prevents for the sake of Allah then he has completed his Iman he has sought to complete his Iman this indicates that a person who does these actions his Iman continues to increase and increase until he becomes complete his Iman continues to increase and increase and increase until he reaches the uh, or it uh, approaches completeness and perfection so this indicates that the person's iman increases. What about decreasing? Are there evidences that show that iman decreases? Once again, there are. There is a blatant, clear hadith that shows that iman decreases, and that is the hadith when the Prophet ﷺ said, "Ma ra'aytu min naqisati aqlin wa dinin min ihda kunna adhaba lilubbi al-rajul al-hazim min min ihda kunna." Naam. That I have not seen مَا رَأَيْتُ مِنْ نَاقِسَاتِ عَقْلٍ وَدِينٍ From those who are deficient in their intellect and in their religion أَذْهَبَ لِلُبِّ الرَّجُلِ الْحَازِمِ مِنْ إِحْدَاكُنَّ Who take away and divert the mind of a man, a resolute man, more than one of you, i.e. the women. Here the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that they are deficient in the intellect and that is mentioned in terms of the ruling in Islam that it requires a single male witness, but it would require two female witnesses. So that indicates the deficiency there. As for the deficiency in the deen, in the religion, then what is that? That is when during the time of the month, the woman is unable to pray and is unable to fast. So due to that, that is a deficiency in the religion. That's what's mentioned here, the meaning of it. They're unable to pray and they're unable to fast during that time. When they are unable to pray and unable to fast during that time, that will also decrease their iman possibly. So here we see that the Prophet says, Naqisat, they are deficient. Deficient in their religion, i.e. in the iman, in that respect, that during that one time of the month, they are unable to pray, unable to fast. So that indicates that iman decreases and it can go down. Another hadith that we actually covered in the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi that proves that Iman decreases. We did it in the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi. Proves that Iman decreases. من رأى منكم منكرا فليغيره بيده فإن لم يستطع فبلسانه فإن لم يستطع فبقلبه وذلك أضعف الإيمان The one from you who sees an evil then change it with his hand If you're unable then change it with your tongue and if you're unable then hate it in your heart that is the weakest of Iman And this indicates levels of Iman the one who's unable to do one level, he goes down to the next level. He can't do that level, he goes down to the next level. All of it indicating how Iman can decrease and increase depending on what you are able to do. So that's why the Prophet said at the end of the hadith, وَذَلِكَ أَضْعَفُ الْإِيمَانِ That is the weakest of Iman. So this indicates the hadith that Iman increases and it decreases. Then from the narrations of the Sahaba, the narrations from the Salaf regarding how Iman increases and decreases. There is one famous narration 
from the companion Umair ibn Habib al-Khutami radiyallahu anhu where he said al-imanu yazidu wa yanqus he said al-imanu yazidu wa yanqus iman it increases and decreases qila lahu it was said to him then wa ma ziyadatuhu wa ma nuqsanuh what do you mean it increases and decreases how does it increase how does it decrease what is the increasement and what is the decreasement? قال إذا ذكرنا الله عز وجل وحمدناه وصبحناه فذلك زيادته. He said when we remember Allah and we praise Allah and we do the supplications of Allah, uh, then that is the increasing of iman. That is when the iman increases. وإذا غفلنا ونسينا وضيعنا and when we forget and we become negligent and we are not remembering Allah, not doing the supplications, then that is how it decreases. This is the statement of one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. So that is a clear statement from one of the companions telling us how iman increases and decreases. The more worship you do, the obedience and the remembrance, the iman increases. And the more you become negligent and absent-minded and forget the remembrance and the du'as, then the iman decreases. And that is what one of the companions of the Prophet said. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned also, وَقَدْ ثَبَتَ لَفْظُ الزِّيَادَةِ وَالنُّقْصَانِ فِيهِ عَنِ الصَّحَابَةِ He said, it is proven, established from the companions that they used to talk about iman increasing and decreasing. That wording has been established from the Salaf, from the Sahaba. وَلَمْ يُعْرَفْ فِيهِ مُخَالِفْ مِنَ الصَّحَابَةِ And it is not known that there was anybody who opposed the companions in that affair. It is not known, Shaykh al-Islam says, that any other companions opposed or differed in saying that iman increases and decreases. It is not known that there is any difference at all. So the companions were agreed upon that. The companions, they mentioned increasing and decreasing and nobody differed from amongst them over that. So this is again a proof regarding the increasing and the decreasing of Iman. The third pillar that we will mention, the third principle regarding Iman is that the Iman of the people is at different levels. The Iman of the people is at different levels. Some people have more Iman, some people have less Iman. This again is in opposition to the people of innovation, some of them who say that the iman of everybody is the same. They say the iman of Abu Bakr عنه, is the same as the iman you and me have. They say the iman of Jibreel السلام, is the same as our iman. This is clear misguidance. No doubt the iman of Abu Bakr عنه, and the great companions is far greater than the iman of one of us today. So here we have proof again from the Qur'an and the Sunnah or the Sunnah, the Hadith of the Prophet ﷺ proving that the Iman of people is different levels. Some have more, some have less. There is a Hadith when the Prophet ﷺ on one occasion saw a dream. And in that dream, he said, Baina ana na'imun, whilst I was asleep, ra'aytu nasa yu'raduna alayya. He said, I saw the people being presented to me. I saw the people, many of them. وَعَلَيْهِمْ قُمُصٌ مِنْهَا مَا يَبْلُوَ ثَدِي And some of them were wearing clothes 
garments which were only as far as their chest. You put it on, it's only that long. Only covers up to your chest. And there were some people wearing garments that were a bit longer than that. Some had garments that went a bit further down. Then he says, وَرَأَيْتُ وَعُرِدَ عَلِيَّ عُمَرِ بْنِ الْخَطَّابِ Then Umar ibn al-Khattab was presented to me. I saw Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. وَعَلَيْهِ قَمِيسٌ يَجُرُّهُ And he was wearing a garment so long that he had to drag it behind him. He was longer than his body length. So then they said to the Prophet قَالُوا وَمَا أَوَّلْتَ ذَلِكَ فَمَا أَوَّلْتَ ذَلِكَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ how do you interpret that dream, O Messenger of Allah? What does it mean that you saw the people wearing different lengths of garments? Umar ibn Khattab wearing such a long one, he had to drag it behind him. What do you interpret that as? So the Prophet said, Ad-Deen, meaning Al-Iman. The people with the short garments, they were people who had little Iman. The ones with the longer garments, they were the ones who had more Iman. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu had so much iman the level of his iman was so great that his garment it was so long longer than his body he was dragging it behind him so this was a narration where it shows and it proves that the level of iman of people is of different levels when the Prophet saw that dream and he interpreted it for the companions one issue we can mention here is if somebody says to you, are you a mu'min? Are you a mu'min? Then are you allowed to say, inshallah I'm a mu'min? Or do you have to say, of course I'm a mu'min? So you say, inshallah I'm a mu'min. Anybody want to differ? Anybody want to go against him? Because everybody agreed. Somebody says to you, are you a mu'min? You say, inshallah, I'm a mu'min. So some people are saying, you'd say, definitely, of course I'm a mu'min. How could you say, inshallah, I'm a mu'min? You say, definitely, I'm a mu'min. With this issue, there's an explanation. Iman is different levels. One level of Iman which you could interpret from the Hadith of Jibreel as the first question which was Islam. If you imagine it as circles, Islam is the biggest circle. That is the lowest level of Iman. When you first enter into the religion of Islam, you're at the bottom. Then you learn knowledge, you build up and Iman increases. So initially, Islam is the wide circle. That is the lowest level of Iman first. Then within that, there is another circle, and that is the circle of Iman. It's known as the circle of Iman. Then there is another smaller circle in that, which is the circle of Ihsan. In the Hadith of Jibreel, Jibreel not ask about Islam, then Iman, then Ihsan. Islam is the widest circle. Then Iman is a smaller circle within that. Then within that, there's a smaller circle, Ihsan. Islam is the lower level first, then Iman is the level higher above that, then Ihsan is the highest level to be a mercy. There are the three levels of Iman. If 
somebody asks you are you a mu'min and what they intend by that is the outer level of Islam then you have to say of course definitely I am a mu'min because if you say inshallah I'm a mu'min to that question that means you're not even sure if you're in within the circle of Islam or not you don't even know if you're a Muslim or not that's impossible you're a Muslim so if somebody asks you are you a mu'min and what they intend by that is the outer circle the lower level are you a Muslim because mu'min one of the definitions of that is Muslim the lowest level then you have to say of course definitely I am mu'min of course you are upon Islam but if somebody asks you the question are you a mu'min and they intend by that have you now gone beyond the outer circle of Islam into the smaller circle of Iman the higher level have you reached the higher level of that smaller circle of Iman or even higher than that that smaller circle of Ihsan when they ask you are you a mu'min they mean that have you reached those levels now you say I'm a mu'min inshallah inshallah I hope I've gone up and my iman is increased and I've got to the level of being in that smaller circle the higher circle and the higher level of iman and the higher level of ihsan you say inshallah I hope I've reached those levels so then you can say inshallah I'm a mu'min meaning that I've reached the level of iman or the level of ihsan because the one who reaches the level of iman and ihsan they are the people who do all of the obligations and they leave all of the prohibitions and they do all of the mustahabbat and they leave all of the makruhat and they make tawbah if they ever make sin it's a high level so if somebody is asking you about those high levels you say inshallah I'm a mu'min inshallah I've reached those high levels but you can't say that for certain but if somebody is asking you about the general lower level are you a mu'min are you a muslim then of course you say of course I'm a mu'min then you can't say inshallah I'm a mu'min if you said that then you wouldn't even know if you're a muslim or a kafir that means so you have to distinguish if somebody's asking you about the generality of Iman, i.e. are you a Muslim? Then you say, of course I'm a Mu'min. But if somebody's asking you about the higher levels of Iman and Ihsan, then you say, inshallah, I'm a Mu'min. Reached those levels. The final thing that we'll just mention is some of the people of innovation and their definitions of Iman. Basically, it's the Murji'ah. The Murji'ah the ones who delay Iman or delay actions from Iman. They exit actions from Iman. And there are different types of them. One of the types of the Murji'ah is the Jahmiyyah. The Jahmiyyah. And they are the extreme Murji'ah. The Jahmiyyah are the extreme Murji'ah. They say that Iman isn't any of the things that we've been talking about now. They say Iman is ma'rifah. Just to have an understanding. If you have an understanding in your heart of Allah, you know about Allah, that's enough. You're a mu'min, you're a believer. If that was the definition of Iman, then who else would be a mu'min? Iblis himself. Does Iblis not know about Allah? Iblis knows about Allah. Of course, Shaitan Iblis knows about Allah. So according to their definition, if it's just about knowing Allah, having an understanding, a comprehension, then even Iblis has that. Even Iblis would be a mu'min then. So that clearly shows you how false that statement of theirs is. Then there is another group who are a bit less in terms of their extremism than the Jahmiyyah. They are the Karamiyyah. And they say 
that Iman, it is the statement of the tongue alone. Iman is the statement of the tongue alone. So if you say, La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah, then as far as they are concerned, you're a mu'min. Even if in your heart, you don't believe in that. In this world, you are a mu'min. So in that case, who would be mu'minin to? The hypocrites, the munafiqeen. The munafiqeen would also be hypocrites in that case. So that is again false. The third group who are again lesser now extremism is the murji'atul fuqaha. The murji'atul fuqaha and from them al-imam Abu Hanifa as it is mentioned regarding him. And they say that iman is belief in the heart and statements of the tongue. Belief in the heart and statements of the tongue. And they often mention that actions, you have to do them too. But they don't say that actions are a part of Iman. So again, they've excluded actions from Iman. And then you have at the end, Al-Ash'a'ira and Al-Maturidiyah, who say that Iman is belief in the heart. Belief in the heart. They say Iman is again just belief in the heart. So these are some of the opinions of the people of deviation and they are all incorrect. The correct definition as we mentioned at the beginning, it is belief in the heart, statements of the tongue and actions of the limbs. It increases with the worship that you do and it decreases with the disobedience that you do. That is the definition of Iman and that is a brief overview of some of those principles regarding Iman in this general reminder that we did today. And we'll conclude upon that point. And inshallah ta'ala, we'll continue next week uh, at approximately the same time. If there's any questions, we'll try to take them. Otherwise, we'll conclude upon that point. questions somebody, somebody says are you a muhsin you say inshallah <clears throat> you don't know if you've reached that level because if you say yes I am you're giving yourself a tazkiyah you're saying yeah of course I am I do all of the halal things I stay with more of the haram I never commit sins you can't give yourself tazkiyah like that and the Salaf, they were very wary about that. You don't want to give yourself praise in this way, and you're not sure whether your actions have been accepted or not. So you say, Inshallah, Inshallah, I've reached those high levels. How do you know that somebody will betray the action? You know, how are you? How are you sure that? How are you asking them what they're By asking them? Yeah, maybe answer the question. He knows the answer. He can come and do the lecture next time. Huh?
خلاص في الليبل ده وكمان نكست ويك ان شاء الله